Blog Talk Radio. Great day to you, wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, podcasting and broadcasting live from the studio of EloquenceOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas. Going to keep it a little short today as we all head into the Thanksgiving week. Um, I will be gone next week, and there will be no show next Friday, obviously, Black Friday, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The name of the show is The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? The name of the episode today is Radical Band, Radical Brand. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I plan to. I fully intend to, whether it is on Redbox or Amazon Prime or wherever. I might have managed to see it in the movie theater, which I think might be might be worth it for that kind of for that kind of movie, I, I have enjoyed some movies about musicians and bands, and there's been some I haven't been crazy about. I have not looked at any reviews about that movie because I don't trust them anymore. <laughs> I've gone to see movies that were supposed to be great, and they were terrible, and I've gone to see movies that were supposed to be terrible, and they were great. But there is there is a reason that um, I'm talking about Queen. In many ways, they were a radical band, and I'm, I'm hoping that's what the movie explores. They They – they did some songs that there was simply not another – there was not another band that sounded like Queen. Now, uh, growing up as I did in the 70s and 80s and, and 90s, I guess 70s, 80s when I was a, a, a child and a teenager, that you know, music was, was pretty much delivered in some pretty narrow channels. You could listen to it on the radio, and if there was a song you liked, you could call Call into the radio station and say, play that again. And you, and if you really liked it, you can go out and buy what was called the 45, um, what we call the single. It, uh, we're not talking about guns here. Um, the 45 was basically like um, iTunes before iTunes, and you would get generally the really popular song on one side, the A side, and then on the B side, you would get a cruddy song that you didn't want. And well, if you want all the songs, go buy the album. And then, of course, if you wanted to, you could go to the concert. You could go to a concert and see your favorite band in person. My, my first concert was Cheap Trick. And uh, what's interesting is, generationally speaking, a lot of those big arena bands, they just – you don't see those anymore. There are so many individual artists now and, and collaborations, all that what I call featuring music. It's so-and-so featuring this. It's Drake featuring Lady Gaga and Lady Gaga featuring Michael Buble and Michael Buble featuring nobody because he doesn't need anybody. But um, it, it is interesting that those big arena bands may be, generationally speaking, a thing of the past, which is not unusual. The most popular music in America used to be big bands. The big bands, the jazz bands, and uh, generations and time change everything. But what I thought was so interesting about Queen was that, like, for instance, the name of the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, when we heard that song on the radio, no one had ever heard that song before, a song like that on the radio before. And I can't think of anybody in my neighborhood or 
high school or middle school or elementary school that didn't love it. It was so different. It was so unique. And that's how you go from being just your, you know, just your average rock band to a, a radical band, radically different, radically good. My ever-present memory of Queen was that I loved the song. I was in fifth grade when it came out, We Are the Champions. Okay, I just thought that was such a great song, and I would you know, listen to it over and over again. But I'd been so conditioned to, uh, to expect nothing good to be on the backside that I had ignored the B-side of that 45. One day I turned it over, and it was We Will Rock You. And that became a big hit, and I thought it was so cool that Queen cared enough about me and my $1.19 or whatever it was to buy a 45. I think they were a dollar plus tax in those days. Um, had two good songs on the 45. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, Queen remains one of my favorite bands. As as you can tell from the intro, Rush has always been my favorite band. And you can make the case that there's no other band that sounds like them. But they did not have the the commercial appeal that Queen did back when Queen was super popular. And so from there, I want to talk about how do you go from being a a radically different band like Queen was to a radically different brand. And I thought heading into the Thanksgiving week and this hyper retail season that we're all about to get into is I I know right now for a fact in credit unions, there's a big uh, national branding campaign getting ready to launch in January. The I call it open your wallet. Uh, to a credit union because Kuhn is asking for $100 million to do yet another national campaign on the difference between credit unions and banks in the, uh, as they would say in the in the Civil War, in the latest iteration of On to Atlanta and On to Richmond. Folks, let me tell you something. If you want to be radically different, you have to sound and be and be seen as radically different than your competition. We've all been to a restaurant and had the, I can't believe I'm working here, waiter or waitress who just kind of going through the numbers. And we've had that person that's just fun and exciting and engaging and intentionally engaging where you, you scratch in an extra two bucks when it comes time for the tip. And that is really how you become a radical brand. Uh, you know, when you think back on, when you, when you think about all the brands that you're going to hear about so much over the next Five weeks. You know, when you watch television, when you watch football, I don't know if you could call brands like Microsoft and Apple and AT&T radical brands anymore. Great products and services, but there was a time when they were. And so uh, if you've never been a radically great brand, you need to be one so that you will be remembered as one. And I think it's a fascinating thing to discuss because I don't know that it's a national branding campaign that people need because simply people, the simple fact is when um, a customer or a member comes through your door, I don't know that they think about it as doing business with an industry. And oh, by the way, I think it's very transactional. Now, I know that there's a certain level in banking, especially in commercial lending, business banking, and private banking and investment banking, where there is a lot of need to have thoughtful, um, open-ended questions and conversations and things like that. I remember I worked in private banking in the late 90s before home banking and before internet banking. 
And our way of showing that we were so much different is that when you sat down at the desk across from me in private banking, I was going to go through what we called a consultative sales approach. And I had this profile sheet, eight and a half by 11 carbon profile sheet that I'm going to write down all these answers on. And of course, it was private banking. The majority of my clients were were older Americans in the 90s. And the first question was, what are your long-term financial goals or financial plans. And a lot of my customers were in their 70s and 80s. It was just kind of a silly question, but it was the first question on the profile sheet that we were supposed to ask and trained to ask and did um, role-playing and training to ask. And you get somebody in there that's 83 years old. Hey, what are your long-term financial plans? And you'd be like, um, dinner? You know, I'm not you know, long-term. What's long-term? I'm in my long-term financial plans. That wasn't a great way to be radically different. So what I did is I started a, a basically a veterans club I started inviting guys that had been in World War II um, to a little coffee mixer once a week, and it was basically VFW in the lobby of our – it was a beautiful atrium down in our in our bank up in Midland, Texas, and it, it went on for – about a year, uh, we would meet and just chit-chat about um, experiences. I was fascinated by World War II aviation. We had a lot of pilots. And it was just a little something different. And I think that's what everyone needs to do right now with their individual brand. Find a way to stand out from the the customer and member service experience that that individual just had at Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart or Target. There is a tremendous Tremendous change coming, and I think the next five to ten years as we've accelerated the tempo of the marketplace, if you don't think that your children and great-grandchildren one day are going to punch up a keyboard on their refrigerator that sends the car to Target to pick up the groceries that are delivered by a robot to the um, to the trunk or uh, Amazon is going to deliver something via drone to your driveway two hours after you order it or that you're going to go to Home Depot, um, as I'm going to have to later today, looking for a very, very stable epoxy style of glue, and you're going to walk into the Lowe's robot and say, hey, where do I find this? I saw it online. It's the best thing, the clear Gorilla Glue PVC epoxy. That robot is going to walk me over to where it is, and if I'm really smart, I will have already pre-ordered that online, and the robot will have it waiting for me. I will take it from him. I will wave my little plastic pay band over the, the, the payment scanner thing, and I'll be on my way. Speed and efficiency, that is going to be the name of the game. The tempo has changed in the American marketplace. It's not 60 beats per minute anymore in 4-4 time. It's 120 beats per minute in 4-4 time. And I think that that is the, that is the foundation. That is the tempo, but will, will never go out of style, is the melody. The melody that you put in your voice when you answer the phone and speak to a customer, member, or a client. The way that you speak to one another, your fellow employees at work. That will always trump robotics and technology and QR codes and geocoding and drones delivering you know, whatever, whatever you need delivered to your tastefully appointed home someplace in the great United States of America or anywhere in the world for that matter. But um, 
be radically different, be radically better, and be the brand that stands out from all the other brands that your your member, a customer, or client has visited that day, be it in person, online, or on the phone, because that's when you remember things. We, when you hear something that sounds so good, you don't want to take a chance getting uh, that you won't get that somewhere else. That's what keeps you at a bank. That's what keeps you at a credit union. And candidly, that's why a lot of people leave. I still believe, despite all the talk about national branding campaigns and things like that, it still comes down to what kind of interaction people are having when they have one, one one-on-one with the people that represent in speech and in vision and in words your banking brand. And when you leave the audience wanting more, that is the power of performance. Have a very, very blessed and safe Thanksgiving break. And until next we speak, my name is Jason Dyes. You've been listening to Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? We'll see you in two weeks. Take care.